0: Well, good afternoon. He (laughs) he made it to Friday. I'm looking. Yes, yes. We all ought to be uh, sort of applauding. Just uh, those of us who are still employed. I mean, uh, geez, I'm looking at the job figures. (laughs) All these jobs that have gone missing, 51,600 across the country, 80,000 part-time jobs in Ontario. What the heck's that about? Could that be that Bill 48 thing, the minimum wage and all the rest? Hmm. You know, I've heard too often from employers that they can't actually... uh, meet their bottom line or at least their profit margins uh, they have to cut somewhere and this might just be symptomatic of that which is a discussion we will have during the course of the program topics worthy of discussion panel coming by just after five o'clock Rocco Rossi who is the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce will also weigh in they've written a piece about that rather a poignant piece about job losses and what these are a result of I think a lot of people might say, look, there's one point of view that says in August, well, maybe the kids are going back to school, so uh, there's no longer a job there because they've given up their part-time summer employment. Yeah, it's kind of a flux time of year, lots changing, lots, you know, uh, going to work, from work. Yeah, except I'm not buying that in total. I mean, the number is so large, it suggests to me there are other factors in play. To wit, this Bill 48, a lot of people have uh, hit a wall. And the employers who, whereas they might have hired, let's say, three, four on the wait staff in their restaurant before, now they're down to two. Well, we've heard from a lot of small businesses on this show how it really is impacting their bottom line. Yes. And uh, yeah, too often we've had that discussion. But uh, this, the, this puts it into focus. Uh, and it's a clarifying number. It's from Stats Canada, so it's not just anecdotal. And if those jobs have gone missing, now, there has been an increase in full-time jobs. So you would say, okay, well, that kind of balances things out, except it doesn't balance it out. The net loss is 51600 across the country. But in this province alone, which is the province that instituted the Bill 48 provision of the minimum wage going to 14 bucks, and that also means there were bigger contributions across the board to uh well, uh, you've got holiday time that's mandated for the part-time worker mm-hmm. that's been extended. And a lot of uh, employers are saying this is just impractical for me to meet these kinds of uh, new mandates. We can't do this and uh, maintain our profit margins. So something has to give, and evidently it has. I believe, anyway, it's largely uh, these numbers reflect that there is something going on in the uh, the labor market. So uh, it's a discussion that we will have, as I say, through the course of the program. And uh, with our panel, as well as Rocco Rossi, and uh, we'll get your thoughts on that as well. You know what else is kind of uh, an interesting discussion? This is something, needless to say, at the bottom of the hour, Conrad Black is going to join us, as he does every Friday. The noted author, commentator, and historian, as well as publisher. And I'm kind of curious, this New York Times editorial piece... From an anonymous source within the, the Trump administration, a senior official apparently, so so the narrative goes, uh, having discussed the chaotic nature of the Trump administration and it's lent itself to all kinds of narratives, not least of which is that uh, there's a resistance that's taking place as a subversive element within the administration itself, and it's uh well it's just kind of gaining more and more traction and currency. Well, you've seen it. Even most recently, there was the grilling of the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. And uh, Trump says this grilling of Kavanaugh by Democrats portends the erosion of beloved civil liberties in America. They want to obstruct our great justices. And by the way, you obstruct these justices, you're going to lose your Second Amendment. You're going to lose your right to those guns. You're going to lose your Second Amendment. So be careful. Be careful. All right. Uh, well, he does go on to believe, uh, say he believes that American democracy itself is under siege. Unelected deep state operatives who defy the voters to push their own secret agendas are truly a threat to democracy itself. Yeah, well, uh, that was his take. He was... On the stump yesterday in Montana, and uh, again, one of those rallies that uh, he seems to be doing fairly frequently, I guess, to recharge and also to countervail uh, the negativity coming from the mainstream media for the most part. New York Times, uh, CNN has been dining out on this. Well, not just that, the Bob Woodward book as well. It seems like there's a a cacophony of dissent against what Trump is doing. And as the story goes, it's within the administration itself. Now, what's really interesting, and Danny was mentioning this on the news earlier today in Chicago at the University of Illinois, Barack Obama weighed in. And the point being that uh, this is traditionally not the purview of an ex-president. It seems like it betrays the protocol that you don't speak ill of your predecessor. And uh, that's something that I guess you'd call it the code, or they're honor bound by that. Uh, Obama pretty much blew through that earlier today, saying that this is a pivotal moment in which the Americans need to take a long, hard look at themselves. I'm here today because this is one of those pivotal moments when every one of us, as citizens of the United States, need to determine just who it is that we are. Just what it is that we stand for. Just a glance at recent headlines should tell you that this moment really is different. The stakes really are higher. All right. You know, this is something I'll pick up on uh, with Conrad Black at the bottom of the hour. But I wanted to give you a first pass at it because I'm kind of curious. Now, when Obama is in high dudgeon here and he says it didn't start with Donald Trump, he's just a symptom, not the cause... He's just capitalizing on resentments that politicians have been fanning for years. He might also be looking in the mirror as he's saying it. I mean, much of what Trumpism is about is a repudiation of Obama, uh, from where I sit at least, uh, outside of the arena of democratic persuasion in the United States. He says it's not just about Trump, it's about Republicans who know better in Congress, bending over backwards to shield Trump. They're hypocrites. They're just as dangerous to America none of this is conservative i don't mean to pretend i'm channeling lincoln now but that's not what he had in mind i don't think when he formed the republican party it sure isn't normal it's radical it's a vision that says our protection of power is all that matters well boy oh boy that's a little rich coming from the high priest of the progressive left I mean, the paroxysms they're going through right now if that's not uh, as a result of the loss of power And whether it's uh, the Bush dynasty, the Clinton dynasty that Trump took down, he made a point of emphasizing that, you know, when people talk about how chaotic and nuts he is, uh, he said, basically, how can you account then for me having destroyed two of the most powerful dynasties in American politics, certainly within the last couple of generations? So uh, what's that reflective of? Obama goes on to say, over the past two decades, the politics of division and resentment and paranoia has unfortunately found a home in the Republican Party. It should not be Democratic or Republican. It should not be partisan to say that we do not pressure the Attorney General or the FBI to use the justice system as a cudgel to punish our political opponents. Again, you know, I don't know if you're paying attention to this, but the Obama Department of Justice is under serious investigation right now. The things that they... uh, put through, uh, which was unimpeded until somebody really started to drill down on it. And uh, now the, you know, I don't want to really get into the weeds on this if you're not paying attention. But uh, the FBI, the Deputy Attorney General, I mean, these people swore out warrants to spy on the Trump campaign. This has gotten very, very messy. So I don't think that Barack Obama can start preaching a holier-than-thou kind of uh, a sermon here. And then he goes on to say, this is all exploitation. Uh, With the electronic versions of bread and circuses, demagogues promise simple fixes to complicated problems. They'll promise to fight for the little guy. They'll promise to clean up corruption, even as they plunder away. (laughs) Again, uh, you know, the Clinton Foundation. How do these people start in office with a couple of thousand dollars and left with a half a billion in their jeans? I mean, come on let's not be disingenuous this is where it starts to make me nuts now uh, you wanna paint one side as the ogres and you're the one who's you know full of self-righteous piety it's no it's not gonna f- pass with me i'm sorry uh... i've been paying very close attention to these developments so for obama to sit here and uh... somehow preach this kind of uh... sanctimony it's a little rich to me that's all i'm saying you know when he talks about all these other things where trump has fumbled the ball Hey, come on, dude. You're the guy who drew the red line in the sand against Assad. And then when he crossed it, you did nothing. As a response, uh, the world has seen these waves of migration that have upended civilizations. That's on you, dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I just thought I'd colloquialize it a little bit there for you. But that's why I'm not buying it. I'm calling BS on this. And now he's preaching to, I'm sure, the converted and uh, to the choir there at the University of Illinois. After all, he came out of their Senate, and uh, he's a favorite native son. But at the end of the day, uh, when you put it on balance, yeah, there's a whole lot that's not redeemable about Trump. Uh, But don't sit here and uh, wear the halo and say the other guy's got the horns. I mean, you're all part of the same stew, the same perhaps uh, soup of uh, irredeemables. But this is what Obama's doing. It's six weeks out from election day in the midterms, so I get it. Uh, he's on the hustings. But this is why a lot of people will be perplexed because heretofore presidents, ex-presidents, have not done this. So he's wading in, which tends to tell you how significant the midterms are going to be. They got to get the the Dems got to get the House back if they want to be any kind of a check or balance on the Republicans. Republicans are now uh, putting in a second Supreme Court justice, and if there's a third coming by, uh, should Ruth? Bader Ginsburg in her 90s be called home, so to speak, Uh, you know, that's a generational shift for sure. But this is why I'm kind of (laughs) perplexed that Barack Obama stands up and uh, says these things, I'm sure to uh, great applause and adulation and everybody genuflecting in his presence, but uh, he can't necessarily wear this uh, mantle of being, uh, as I say, the righteous one, whereas Trump is the irredeemable. It seems to me that uh, they both have a lot of baggage to carry, and Obama's uh, perhaps didn't face the same scrutiny as Trump's is, but that's my take on it. I wanted to get yours. Maybe we'll open the lines for a few fast calls. As I say, Donald, not Donald Trump, Gordon, (laughs) Gordon, Conrad Black is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll speak to this issue. I'll give you first pass at it. There are some things happening here locally as well that we need to address. From the mayoral hopeful Jennifer Matt and some of her uh, proposals to make the streets safer provincially, The new premier is talking about a revamp of Ontario Place and a whole lot more. It's the Friday edition of The Oakley Show and a great day for talk radio. If you wanted to weigh in on some of the things that uh, have been said in condemnation of Donald Trump from Barack Obama, do you think he's jumped the shark on some of this? Do you think it's his purview or position to do this? Is it a breach of protocol? What did you make of it? 870-6400. I'm taking your calls. 870-6400. Star 640 on cell.